here we go. Spring of 2020. This is the 1080 Outdoors Podcast Land Management Series, where our main focus is pursuing the truth for everyday hunters like you. I wouldn't say it's kind of an FU, it's definitely an FU. Chronicle and document how our season's going and give you real-time updates, overall land management practices. You have to find a way to hunt big buck where they are. Welcome to the 1080 Outdoors podcast, episode number 41, 41. land management, deer hunting update edition here. Got some viewers' questions. That we do. We have... We have uh, a couple questions. Covering the wood viewer. stuff today. Yep. Um, you want to start with the viewer questions right off, right off no, the gate? No, we'll, we'll cover it. Let's, let's go over a little bit what we did this weekend. Okay. Um, so if you hear a weird rumbling in the background, <laughs> there is a well being drilled on the property that we are recording this podcast. Um, it's aggressively loud. Nah, there's didn't really have a... I don't know. Hopefully, it's not too distracting for you. <clears throat> Didn't I seem guess, like it was uh, too bad, but what's that? It just sounds like basically like a loud air Probably conditioner sounds like a ge- yeah. or generator kind yeah. of running. But yeah, yeah, whatever. You'll get used to it after a few minutes. Yeah, we were just talking about. Um, <laughs> Weston just got me all riled up because I had to yell at some people you pay money for that don't do their jobs correctly and. Anyways, I don't want to get back into it. Let's stay positive on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Keep that so, pre-podcast. Um, Watson and I did some, we hung some stands this weekend. We got three stands hung, and we Couple. did some, uh, a little bit of cutting yeah. inside the woods. Yeah. So we figured we, we would talk a little woods, timber management, and uh, general, like, corridors into the woods, um, and invasive species. So, first of all, an update on uh, just the property as a whole. Today, I actually um, laid down seed for a like the screen around the food plots because we're supposed to get a pile of rain the next couple of days. Yeah, which yeah, I hopefully not flooding, but it, it doesn't sound good. It sounds like tomorrow is going to be pretty heavy. Well, we're getting a hurricane in Wisconsin, so. Right. Right. That's cool. First time ever. See how this goes. Yeah. <clears throat> Weston's most likely going to be underwater. Yeah, so Chaseverse is just going to be fogged. Coon Valley is going to be fogged. Yeah. Whatever. I yeah, mean, we're, we're It should right. be used to it. I mean, I, if it mi- hopefully it just, like, misses us a little bit and we get, like, an inch of rain instead of three or four or five. Or, you know, like we've had it in the past ten. <laughs> <laughs> the old ten-inch rain doesn't, go, doesn't handle yeah. well in the <clears throat> driftless region. No. So... We got the final seed planted. Um, got some sweet corn planted in the yard. Threw the rest of the sweet corn out in the, actually out just randomly. I'm gonna see how it comes up. I just. Um, how much sweet corn did you? I didn't know you were doing that. Yeah, I just. Yeah, after you left. Um, no, I did yesterday. I tilled up. Um, it's gonna be. It's actually gonna be like a screen from our yard to that food plot. So that whole border of the bean field from our mm-hmm. yard like past our garden will yeah. be all sweet corn so nice. it'll kind of act as another barrier too because i mean we're it's a little close from the backyard to that northern food plot yeah like 60 yards yeah not 100 yards probably be a nice screen though yeah and be sick to have sweet corn at your disposal yeah you gonna try to sling it a little bit or just just for i don't know we'll see how it comes up i, I wasn't able to drill it or anything and mm-hmm. just able to broadcast it over a uh, tilled, uh-huh. thrilled about it, but I did till this stuff in and uh, drug it. And this rain's gonna, I, I, it'll be inter- interesting to see. So the screen that I planted though was a a, a screen blend that's mainly, uh, I'm not actually 100% sure what it is, but um, I'll have to get the company. And we'll see how it comes up. I tested uh, one line where I actually did till, and I'm also testing just just broadcasting it on into the like hard open dirt because it was a cornfield last year, so there's soil exposed that should do fine. I'm driving the seed into the ground with this rain coming. Um, other than that, we got the I got corn beans coming up i see the switch grasses coming up clover look good down there too clover yeah clover's always tough to tell though because it comes in 
Like right now, but then the stuff that looks good, I think, is the stuff that I seeded too heavy. Oh. And it's like in clumps, and then like the like the rest of the stuff that to fill it all in. Well, that one area down towards the bottom yeah. of the woods there looks. But I could have seeded that too heavy. Right. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Or it's gonna come in really spotty. But clover usually like fills itself out. And, yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Trees are looking good. Um. So then when we move into the woods, we. I had I, I didn't properly identify this invasive species this spring because I just didn't know for sure, and then I got the app. Picture this, best app ever identifying plants. Yeah, that is. I will say, what is it? Twenty nine ninety nine for the year. But you said best Did you buy it. No, I didn't. I'm Why are you such a wimp? I'm on my seven day free trial. I didn't have to pay for it yet. Oh really? Yeah, but. It's a pretty fucking. It's a yeah. That's a pretty sick app. You literally just take a picture of the bark or the leaf of whatever plant, and it's within five seconds. It has. It's probably not one hundred percent, but species seems to be doing pretty well. Yeah. So, anyways, we identified a bunch of buckthorn, which is not good. Buckthorn essentially gives you (coughs) zero habitat benefit. I mean, it grows up. Oh, nice little squeaking noise from the drill. <laughs> I got a little... Must be pulling the goddamn thing out of the ground. Yeah, now we got a little hiss going. <clears throat> Anyways, it grows... So it got brought here to America as a border to roadways because it's like a fence. Mm-hmm. And it's some it, thick, nasty shit. Yeah, and but there's... Like, you look at the ground underneath it, there's nothing. Right. It's just bare. Mm-hmm. It develops a canopy at, like... Six to ten feet, That's which is just fucking terrible. Very high, yeah. Deer don't bed in it. They don't really move through it. Like, because I have honeysuckle too, and like honeysuckle, I was like, well, I'll just deal with that next spring because, I mean, we found like thirty beds in, in the one hillside honeysuckle of honeysuckle. So it's an invasive too, but and you want to get rid of it. We cut probably, a of, but cut a little bit of it down. Yeah, I cut some of it down. Mostly buckthorn is what we. Yeah, well, and there's at least. After. I, I think I'm I'm calling in the I'm calling in Billy for the rest of it. I think. <laughs> so yeah, yeah um, we'll have a really good idea on on how to get rid of it. But right now we just took a chainsaw to it and then sprayed over top of it with uh, just glyphosate. Glyphosate? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can't pronounce that r- word. My God. So just off-brand Roundup. <coughs> Cut the buckthorn down as low as we could and then just sprayed right on just it. Just pour it all and over. And th- I'm guessing the younger buckthorn probably could just be sprayed and doesn't have to be cut. But we'll see how that kills off. Um, Feels really good on your back, though. When it's Yeah, Weston had a backpack sprayer that had <laughs> an open lid on it. Well, I don't think it was open. I don't know what, what the deal was. It was just seeping out, and it looked like I wet myself. But Yeah, all the way up your back. Like You wet yourself, <laughs> and you rolled And then just laid it. in it. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, it, it seemed fun. Well, it was really fun, like, chainsawing <laughs> in it, too, because it's not exactly, like, the easiest bush no, I to see get you down got pretty scraped. I see you got a little scraped up, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It's just, at some point... <laughs> I'm going to learn to get all this shit done in, like, April and March. Yeah. When it's not just green and thick and you can barely move. Disgusting. Yeah, you want some cobwebs in your eye. You want some cobwebs, like, <laughs> oh, up in your yeah. mouth. And, like, the, so many cobwebs. The bugs. Dude, like, I'm decently tolerable with bugs, but it was just, I don't know, maybe I was just stunk really bad, but they wouldn't stop. I didn't they, think the bugs were that bad. They wouldn't stop landing on me. I was <laughs> What kind? I, was, I think it was, like, mostly gnats, but then there was, those like, the fucking big-ass horseflies. I know the one time you got real, There's real a serious issue with horseflies Pissed off with horseflies in there because you were motherfucking them there a couple times. But yeah, well, yeah, when you have a chainsaw in your hand and you've got some stupid horsefly on your shoulder biting into your soul. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm not very happy about it. I know. But they were, like, landing, like, in my ears and in my nose and shit. That's where it just starts fucking pissing me off. No, yeah, it's me. not good. In my mouth, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing that shit the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So, but we did hang three stands, yep. and I got both the other ones fixed that we didn't finish. <laughs> Do we want to talk about how you almost died? How we almost didn't have a oh, podcast that's right. today? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not a small human, okay? Here's the deal. Right. Not small. 
Um, we should probably like think that through. Like next time we want to do that, we need to have somebody who's usually like, we bring under, a monkey with, well, yeah, like so, Joe so or Jed, somebody who's under two hundred pounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't classify. No. As such. Nope. Um, <laughs> Mitchell doesn't either now too. Like someone that like if they start falling, they could like grab onto a limb and like hold themselves up. <laughs> Or, like, if I fell, I'd probably bring down half the woods with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, I had uh, the person who had hunted this property last year had left a uh, ladder stand. And we, we, uh, they left two. I wanted to, yeah, left two, but the one the we weren't one, touching. No. And, uh, tied on by a rope. Yeah. Nope, we're not getting up there. So, I'm going up. It's obviously meant for a smaller human. Not meant for me. Pretty nice. Actually, a pretty nice tree stand. Though. Yeah, it's one of those, like, uh, Muddy off-brand. Well, I don't remember. It's a big game. Big game, yeah. Muddy is the same company, pretty much. But anyways, I uh, <laughs> undo the ratchet. <laughs> up on <laughs> The issue with ladder stands is they're more safe, okay? But hanging them can be, like, a little bit sketchy because the top will come off from the tree, especially when you're using the ladder to climb up it or climb down it. So I started climbing down and and yeah. it started going to like the point of no return. We should have a harness. Everybody. Yeah, we're down. But we didn't. We're down. We didn't. So anyways, yeah, Taylor gets about Weston's down at the base. <laughs> quarter of the way doing down. probably nothing. Uh, besides, I'm saying like what are you gonna do? Besides saving your life, I don't know. <laughs> I thought about trying yeah. to thought about trying possibly to possibly saving my life and ruining yours <laughs> in the same in the same minute because if I would have if I would fall and you were to like try to catch you catch me <laughs> your head would explode probably <laughs> even if you did somehow like grasp me the the fear like the sheer amount of weight that you're gonna be trying to hold up you, hernia well, blown out knee anything. <laughs> Like, your whole base, like, exploded. <laughs> Ankles shattered, both of them. So, anyways, I'm coming down on this fucking ladder, and the top starts going back. <laughs> so, I'm starting to be like, I remember my head being like, I was close to bailing. Thank God I didn't. Well, yeah. Because I was close to bailing, but I looked down, and I'm like, ah, I don't think it's going to go. Think it, like. But here's the thing. Also, this is like a split second. So, I, like. Thought about bailing, looked down, saw, like, the ratchet was still, like, you know, to the tree on the base. And I was like, I don't. And then, like, all within, like, a second, I'm like, just climb down really fast. So I started, like, going down really fast. Okay. So your perspective is a little different than mine. If you think for one second that I was, if I, like, I remember you saying something, I didn't register to me. Oh. So if you think that you, like, directed me to go down quickly, no. It was, it was like, I went through three options in my head within, like, a second, and I chose, like, get down quickly. Yeah, okay. Well, that was a good that was a good choice. But when it started coming back, you stopped. Yeah, I stopped. And right. just said, there was a- and said, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I just go, hurry the fuck and get down here. And you just scooted down pretty quick, fast as I maybe have ever seen you move. It was like, uh, I'm picturing, like, a cartoon or, or something where someone, like, just slides down a ladder. Like, I... Like, I honestly considered that one, like, dropping the feet out and just sliding down with your hands. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to catch one. Yeah. Yeah, it was sketchy. You got down pretty quick, though, but nothing happened. Well, when you think about it, I mean, there really is only, like, a four-foot gap there where it is dangerous. Well, probably, right. like, six foot, but. Once you get to you that get down top. down to, like, middle area, you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, yep, we hung a stand up there where that stand was. We hung a stand up right, on, like cross i mean it's hard to explain right now but we'll go through it and all yeah. the stands are really i don't know i'm really excited about it i mean the one for sure that we hung up on across the ditch yeah and i went back up and fixed it and did cut you a tr- cut a lane down to the for access i mean there's a complete cow path yeah ditch crossing that comes up what did we say outside 30 yards from where we put yeah, it? it's probably going to be 40. I don't know. It's not ideal in a woods. But, I mean, there's no way to know what it's going to look like. Yeah. I was, also, I was also telling Mitchell that on the way here about that that was the first one we hung up across the ditch. Yeah. And <laughs> I told him how we had forgot the, oh, the dude, base. I'm. It's like... <laughs> and how, it's just how ridiculous you how I still haven't, like, <laughs> figured it out. Okay. So, 
thought I did a good thing Friday. I got four ladder stands put together, right? Putting that, ladder stands together sucks. That is a good thing, actually. Yeah, That's, that was a good thing. It saved, saved, saved us two time. and a half, probably three hours it took me. Right. Just annoying, like tedious. And, like, if you try to hurry up and go fast and you put something on wrong and it's all then fucked, you're fucked up. Yeah, take it apart, yeah. So then I'm like, all right, well, we're going to have everything, you know, together and blah, blah, blah. Well, first stand <laughs> was a different stand than the ones I put together. Yep. And I grabbed a, a brace, the like, we're talking about the, the center, like, the, like, lower brace that goes up, goes like, against six the foot tree. up against, you know, yeah. like, kind of how tall you are. Has the teeth. Yeah. Goes to the tree. Forgot the wrong one. <laughs> Grab the so wrong one. So not to mention putting the goddamn stand up in the tree <laughs> you're trying to get in was not ideal. Nope. Not to mention to the pick. pole saw chain was so dull it wouldn't have cut my arm. And get the wrong replacement chain. Got the yep had the wrong replacement chain for the pole saw, which is shocking because when Oregon sells a 10-inch pole saw replacement blade and says, "Yep, works for with uh, Greenworks," you would expect it to work. Does it? Doesn't. Nope. No. Don't buy it on Amazon. <laughs> um. So that was a fun start to the morning. Went started well. So we had to grid search to try to find that fucking brace. Yeah, Again. the wrong brace. The wrong brace. Right, so we hang, we hang it up, and then we're like, well, where's the brace? Like, oh, shit, it's down, because we had dropped the stands, and then just I kind of, like, pick a tree. Then I kind of, like, did my, like, walk around, trying to figure out where we want to put the tree, or put the stand at, and you drop everything. Well, I went back down, grabbed the stand, didn't grab the brace, so the brace, luckily, we even found it. Right. Wrong one, though, so we didn't <laughs> so have the stuff really to even, like, matter. yeah, <laughs> didn't even have stuff to even, like, hook it up, and, uh. It's just, yeah, it's just the constant struggle of, of putting tree stands up. It's never smooth. It's oh. never smooth. The second two went pretty decently smooth, actually. Yeah, but it's still, like, I still had to go back down there yesterday and fix both of them. Like, well, not, not the one, but the one still, yeah, needs something. So, anyways... Constant tree stand struggle. That's what yep. it is. Tree stand struggle. Tree stand struggle. A little twister of words there. Tree tree stand. Nah, that is tough. Can't even say tree stand. Yeah. So yeah, got those hung. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, the um, generally like you don't want anything invasive in your woods. My woods, unfortunately, is pretty full of it. <laughs> um, so it's it's gonna take a couple of years probably to fix that. But Before you get it all under control, probably yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, because we're gonna come, we'll come through it and knock it all down, try to burn it, probably next spring. <laughs> Burning through that woods will go a long ways, for sure. Um, but let's get to anything else you want to cover from that. Um, overall, the woods like. I don't know. Do you kind of want to tell them why you chose where to put the stand oh, yeah. locations? So, like, okay. One of the stands runs out a spine. So you picture a spine that wraps around a hill. So let's say you're looking north and the spine runs. Or let's say you're looking. Yeah. look. Let's say you're looking south. Okay. And the spine transitions from a um, west-facing hillside to a south-facing hillside. So usually on that spine, there's going to be a trail that runs kind of up the... It'll be on the west side to where it transitions to the south side. Because the south side of the hill is going to be much thicker, much more dense. Bedding. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Exactly what we look for in bedding. Right. See, these guys are done at 420, like... Oh, I just waited 20 minutes. We wouldn't have to deal with this noise. Anyways, it sounds like they're done. Yeah, it must be the old 430. Now I got to clean up. Yeah. So. Um, you know they ain't working any extra. We, yeah. So the person <laughs> who hunted it last year or the years before had put a stand right on this transition. Solid idea. Mm-hmm. The axis is an ideal. It's going to be one of those things I'll probably hunt maybe once. I might never hunt it because it's just not worth it. Um, I mean, it's dead center of the property. We don't have much woods to play with. I'm not going to, like go walk in there a lot because it's not worth it um but anyway so it's right along that transition now the transition is going to get harder and harder throughout the year here to figure out to tell 
Um, I think that the best time to tell those transitions are really in April when that first growth starts coming and you can really see the more defined level of those transitions. But anytime you have a west or east facing hillside that runs into a south facing hillside, I like those knobs a lot because it's such a, it's like a wall, you know, As, unless, unless you've done a lot of like work to like make your woods, make your woods like really open. It should be a really good wall and transition into thick bedding. Cause any, I mean, any south facing hillside is going to be generally thicker than right. the other ones. So, um, and we defined that a little bit more. So your general movement is moving east to west, kind of working along that. Well, I mean, on that, it's, I mean, it's really running. That's why those, I mean, we're talking about inside corners all the time. So picture a, a kind of an L in your finger. So the, the center of your L, like the base of your finger, is the inside corner. And the other portions are woods. Well, you have all this movement in those in those in those like different little fingers that run off into these woods and then they all meet at the inside corner the base of that L so you have two lines of movement so in our situation we have a finger that runs north to south and the general large woods that runs east to west while movement on the north to south finger is north to south because they run along the terrain they run along the contour and then it meets the east to west movement so you just have generally more movement, um, more defined trails on those inside corners and those transitions like that. <clears throat> so that's why we, that's, I mean, <clears throat> pretty much when I look at aerial, like we're doing, I've, I've been doing these um, digital analysis for people. Um, if you haven't heard, we're doing free right now, free digital analysis. You just go on 1080outdoors.com, go to the land management um, tab and apply so pretty much as long as you're a human and you can fill out the form and have land to hunt we'll do a free um, aerial digital analysis for you um, but when you when I'm doing these <clears throat> like I, I can't I can't be in the woods with them like obviously the best case scenario is boots on the ground right like that's the best like service that we I can provide for people for consult purposes but I mean, there is stuff you can pick up, like Google Earth, Onyx, all those things. You use them together. You can, you can, you can call out those inside corners where there should be movement. And I guarantee you, we can go there, and there's going to be movement there. There always is, and this is a matter of how the movement set up. Is it set up for you to access? Is it like it's just you know? There's so many variables. But um, yeah, I mean, that's why I like inside corners. I like I like outside corner ditches a lot too. Because the head of them usually have a, a really defined trail, especially if that ditch is given away, especially in our area. Usually, you know, those big, think about, think about looking at an aerial photo. And every, normally farm fields, especially around here and in hilly country, they have these inside, like, or like little fingers that push out into the field, right? Well, those are out, like, those are usually like ditches. Mm -hmm. because the farm fields fall off and right. it's not farmable land well at the head of those ditches usually there's meaning like at the top probably not very far away from the field edge there's usually crossings because the rest of the ditch usually is so washed out that it's not it's not easy going well, it's the there. easiest place for them to cross yeah. yep <clears throat> yeah so those those places are another good one to pick um and that's kind of <clears throat> kind of i mean the other stand we hung was at the head of a ditch you know, not really, not really picking up ditch crossing movement there. See that ditch, the crossing is much lower, much That's, more yeah. further down the pretty ditch. Near the bottom. Well, yeah. yeah, pretty close to the bottom. Well, there's always multiple, but like I'd say the like the main one is yeah, is pretty low. Well, it was there. pretty. It's pretty. It looks like yeah, it's yeah. pretty heavily yeah, used. Yeah, it's beat down yeah. big time. Yeah, straight yeah. mud. So. Yeah. So that's a general idea. Let's get to the, let's get to a, a question from question a, from from a viewer. From a viewer, longtime listener. Hey, longtime listener, first time questioner. Nice, <laughs> Willie Raisler. No, Willie, I know you're listening. 
Um, he goes, can you go into detail about hinge cutting? Hold on. Isn't there multiple things? Yeah. All right. You want to cover? I'll do hinge cutting first. Okay. Hinge cutting. All right. Um, hinge cutting. So there's like there's generally three practices that I would do to get, because let's think about what's the main practice that we're trying to accomplish with anything that we do in the woods, sunlight to the floor, yep. native growth coming back into the woods, right? We have these mature woods. It's a canopy. There's nothing on the ground. There's no reason why deer would be in there. That's the issue. So there's, there's multiple different practices to do. You can hinge cut technically. I mean, so there's, there's the theory of like the tie down method where you create this like, like three foot, like weird tunnel thing. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say I believe in that that much because the only food in there is the trees that you're tying down. And so I was, you're not cutting anything. You're just tying them. So they, there's come a lot, there's people the that ground. like, will like tie saplings down, down. Okay. And like create these like tunnels, like tunnel but they also can hinge cut and like, but the, like you do like a, you know, you do like, say you, you hinge cut like 20 trees and you lay them all the same way. And then there's some, there's like a space underneath them. Right. Yeah. But in my opinion, people do it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's stupid, but I'm just saying the point of your the point of timber management, the point of all this is get sunlight to the floor. There's the floor is not producing the food. <clears throat> so people think that deer just want a roof over their head. That's not, I mean, they don't, they're not humans. They don't need a roof over their head. Like, yes, to hinge cut here and there to give them some shelter is a good idea. <clears throat> and I'd say, yeah, do that. Um, so hinge cutting is a method. I'd say the hinge cutting that we do, we generally just lay the trees over. And it's more of a, so say you're walking a straight line. And say you want that to be kind of the bedding area, I'll hinge cut to the right, I'll hinge cut to the left. You know, so you leave an opening. Open it up for it. Um, or you you kind of because the big thing for deer is side cover, so like just just building that side cover up, um, so they can you know look out in over places that they're uh, that's danger. Now the other method, which I haven't tried yet, is called hack and squirt. Um, take a hatchet, hack a tree, squirt some. Uh, um, round up in it, kill the tree. So the tree dies while standing. So you don't have the tree tops on the ground. And it actually, you, then the, the idea or thought process behind that is that the trees die. Um, they die and they die like, uh, they die standing up. So they're not all they're breezing on the ground. So there's, as someone that like would sit in a tree stand, your growth comes up, your native growth will come up and it'll be like three to four feet tall. So in a tree stand, you can see the deer moving. And the deer feel secure because the, the cover is right around their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they feel secure moving through it. Plus, you can see really well in a tree stand, whereas sometimes you, you clear cut or hinge cut, your visibility is not ideal. Right. Um, so there's hinge cutting or there's just, you know, the, the general, like, logging, getting everything out of there. I would steer more towards just the general, like, like clear cutting, logging, um, leaving some treetops but just getting general native uh, habitat coming back into that area. And don't be concerned about like oak tree. Like the big thing people get, people get worried about like cutting oak trees down and stuff, but there's, um, I mean, there's pretty hard proof that if you thin like an oak stand, say there's like a acre stand of oak and you thin it and you, and you select like a certain amount but you thin out the competition, those oak trees will actually produce at a higher higher yield than all of those combined. So the woods is just a general competition. People, they're just competing. Like, like you look up, look up in the woods sometimes, and you're gonna see trees doing a bunch of weird shit. It's a general competition for sunlight. So if you take the competition away, certain trees will flourish. Yep. Certain plants will flourish. Um, so you can kind of go through and select those. So hinge cutting, I would say for the most part is used for structure. Um, it's kind of the edge of maybe a bedding area where you're laying down, you know, you're clear, like say like the bottom side of the hinge is the open area that you can walk through. The other side is you're hinging everything into it. So you have so an open what? area. <clears throat> okay. Uh, he also wanted to know about screening and edge feathering. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so like screening, 
screening. Well, I just did. I just did. I mean, I just did a screen today. Generate. I mean, screening is basically just creating a structure to make them feel more safe. Correct. Yeah, like the screening that I have is just because the food plot where you're gonna want, where I would want deer to be at at some point, even in the winter, is just too visible. So you're just screening. You're screening it from your yeah. So you, I mean, Egyptian wheat. Sorghum's been used, but sorghum generally, you know, deer actually like eating it, so it's not like the ideal screen because you don't really want them eating. You don't want them eating or living in the screen. Yeah, right. So switchgrass is good for bedding, right? Like you don't want switchgrass. You know, it's kind of a screen, but like you also don't want the deer bedding in it, so you don't want to make it too big. Um, the screen I put up today is is uh, only, you know, like between six and ten yards wide throughout it. But then you also, that's why, that was the point of the uh, um, the white spruces you planted, correct? Yeah. To kind of make a screen slash border mm-hmm. to kind of, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and edge feathering? I I would assume that's, that's like the, like general, like, like changing of, um, like just changing of habitat, like slowly moving from like one extreme to the other but i'm not 100 percent certain what he means by that okay um <clears throat> and then he a- also asked to go into detail about travel corridors which you kind of did but he said how wide should a travel corridor be oh i didn't go into detail that much so okay and you just talked about it a little bit but. um so I, I like to layer layer a property so like food cover water three big three big ones if you can layer the property um so if you were to like split your property up in like um like big like say you have like a 40 that runs north to south and you're able to just like run six different um like let's say eight different five acre lines through that 40 you do food cover water food cover water right you're just diversity throughout the whole thing Mm mm-hmm well, travel corridor would probably be somewhere in that, like, between the food and and uh, cover. Um, as far as, like, how big it is, uh, it's kind of a, it's a tough one because you, you don't want to make it too small because I know for sure bucks aren't going to want to, like, walk through a really tight. Like, if you think that bucks like walking through, a, like, a tunnel, I, I don't, I disagree with that. Um, I think it has to be, I don't think there's a specific size, but I, I just know, like, I think steer towards not being too small. Do you think going too wide though, it would be bad as well? Like, do you think that they would maybe think it's too open then? Not if they're Natural. walking along cover. Okay. It's all structure. So like, right. like if I'm going to, if like in a wood scenario, say like, say I have cover, like say I have, um, and, you know, especially in the woods, like, food and cover kind of mingle together, you know. It's, like, really good, like, clear-cut is food, but it's also cover. Right. Um, but say it's, uh, say you have cover in the woods, and then you have water on the edge of the field, and then food. Well, right inside that line inside the woods, um, I would make a travel corridor that runs along the contour that that mimics the same line as the field and the way that their movement line is. So generally, movement runs along the contour, topography of your land, especially around these hilly areas. And there's usually some like one or two trails along the way and they they coincide with ditches and points and spines that will run perpendicular to that travel. So you identify those things, okay? So there's usually travel corridor that's already been made right inside the field edge like a third or a quarter way down halfway down bottom you know depending how big the hill is there could be a lot so then you're like where where, where's the stand going to be and how do you cut off those other travel corridors so if there's other travel corridors below you you can you know drop a tree Mm -hmm. drop some type of structure to push them up to converge into a pinch. Um, Just try to control the movement. Right. 
and those corridors, I mean, they are, they can be, I don't know. Sorry, Willie. I mean, it's just not a general size. It's just it, like, if you feel suffocated in it, most likely a buck won't walk through it. Right. Um, but like, I don't know, just normal, normal size. You can walk <laughs> through it. They can walk through it. Okay. It's just not too narrow, Willie. Yeah. I don't think it should be a tunnel. Like, I think you see sometimes people like want to make tunnels and shit. And right. I don't know. Hey, but thanks for listening, though, Willie. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> bringing in a question. Come on now. Yeah, seriously, you guys, if you have any questions at all, um, send them in, message them to us, comment on, on any of the posts, whatever. We'll do our best to yeah. be awesome. You know what my if- favorite travel corridor, like travel like system is? It's it's that road. It's like, a, like sometimes farmers make these field roads right inside of fields, like in the woods, oh. and they wrap like – they like go along the whole field. Mm-hmm. Bucks just like love that. Cause then you can sit on like the high side near the field edge with the wind blowing in your face and blowing out into an egg field. Mm-hmm. And ideally those bucks should be checking all the bedding areas below you. So they go down, check, Get back up to the easy yeah. travel corridor. And a big thing, too, with timber <clears throat> that we didn't even talk about. Okay. Man, I didn't even think. I didn't even talk about this. Rewind. All right. Picture a <laughs> square woodlot. Okay. Now, would it be more advantageous for you? People get, like, excited. They're like, I want to hunt the middle of our property, right? Like, hunt the middle, hunt the middle, hunt the middle. Whereas, if you can make these, and you call them, like, I call them access lanes, or whatever you want to call them. They, but they go around the border of your property and then you kind of just like make a mess in the middle sanctuary and you let those deer like kind of figure out how they want to move through there. Like I wouldn't get like too caught up with like controlling movement through a sanctuary. It's the, it's the bottlenecks and the pinch points coming in and leaving the sanctuary that you need to work with. So don't get caught up like thinking you need to make these travel corridors throughout your whole property. Okay, so if you get a picture, <clears throat> picture a field that runs into a big woods, I would leave the first, you know, 40 yards of that woods, open woods. So I'd let it be, I'd let it be mature. I wouldn't just cut everything down. I'd put some type of road there or something. And then everything below it, I would start, you know, uh, logging, creating a sanctuary, nasty tornado. I mean, run a tornado through there. That's, that's the best thing that could happen. And then these little pockets along your fence lines. So like if, like if you access along your fence lines or whatever, leave those woods open. Le- turn them into access lanes. Let it be mature timber so you can get to the different parts of your property. And uh-huh. you're keeping all the, keeping the sanctuary in the center of your property instead of you, pu- you walking into the center and pushing the deer out. You're, you're approaching from an outside in technique instead of an inside out. Yeah, but Taylor, like that's where the majority of the sign is. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, and and we just want to, you know, we want to, we want to hunt their whole property. Right. Like you want to be in there. You want to like hunt everywhere and. Right. Um. But you, yeah. Hunt smarter. I. That's my open. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> people seem to be getting like, um, so like Jeffrey's plan them put together for him people he hunts with like took offense to it like i'm gonna walk into my stand however i want to walk into my stand oh, really? like okay go ahead walk into it probably gonna have the same success as you as the whole hunting party has had the last 20 years listen if your neighbors are killing big bucks and you aren't you're probably doing something wrong So when you but like when you think of doing something different, it's not <laughs> like what do you like what is your experience telling you? Have you had success on a consistent basis? Or should you try something different? Right. Like I I just I just th- I sit back and I analyze everything at so much at such an aggressive rate. Like you, you know I, I sit back and I'll analyze things. Mm-hmm. 
So every single sit I've ever made is in my brain somewhere. And all this, like all the times I've seen deer and all the mature buck sightings, like those are all mature buck sightings are, are logged. And like, I just know there was a giant difference between where I was, you know, a few years ago where it was, you know, you just complete lack of don't care about the wind, hunt wherever you want, check trail camera as much as you want. I don't understand why I'm not seeing the deer I'm seeing on my trail cameras. This isn't making sense to me where you, then you like, I changed the strategy to like very little pressure, checked in trail cams, trail cameras, less and less, you know, specific ones, yeah. checking just the edge ones and then <clears throat> only hunting the edge ones. And like the, the nail in the coffin was two years ago, Jed and I, so like the, there's always these places on your property like oh, I know that's a great place. It probably is a great place, but it doesn't mean you can hunt it. Like there's a ton of great places on properties I've hunt, but because of where they're at, if they're low or if they're just like access isn't possible, you can't hunt them. And people get caught up in like, like it, it, it's it's not emotional it's like. That's my biggest thing. Don't be emotional about it. If you were just to write everything down on a piece of paper, all of your sightings, and think about like where success is coming from, and think about it from an analytical thing, nothing else, not emotional. Like, oh, I this is how we hunt. I've done this. I've shot bucks like this. Most likely, they're three-year-olds. I'm not saying you can't get lucky and shoot a four-year-old like that, five-year-old like that. But like seriously, like think, sit back and think about how you're hunting, and you know that's why you know it's been nice helping people with this stuff too because then you actually have people who want help instead mm-hmm. of help trying to like tell people something they don't want help with. Right. But just sit back and consider how you've been hunting somewhere. If you're not having success that you think you should be having, or if the trail cameras, you know, they're showing these deer that it's like. It's just, yeah, like that buck that you and I got busted on two years ago that went 100 and just under 170 that I'd saw four times on the hoof. Had him on trail camera everywhere. <clears throat> That's a heartbreaker. Yeah, that was a tough day. There's no reason why we should have been down that. There's no, like that stand, the more I think, sit back and think about it, and I shot a buck out of that stand, three-year-old. So then I thought that stand was a good stand. And it, it is an advantageous stand for wind because you can blow your wind out over into mm-hmm. an open valley. Yeah. But other than that, you have to walk right down in there. You're right low. The you're too field. low. Yep. That buck came through. He's at eye level with us. Plus yep. he had our ground scent. Yep. Not ideal. No. Plus we're fucking moving around on a tree like idiots. Yeah, that was, there's a lot of things wrong with what we were I doing thought Weston there. was going to have a heart attack. Should we tell that story quick? So <laughs> I'm chasing like got like i was like running ragged on this call a split g2 buck yeah and that's still by far the biggest buck i've ever seen on the hoof in my life yeah i mean he went almost he was almost, he's 168 or something I think. <clears throat> he's almost a booner and uh fuck <laughs> i i you know i got a ton of trail cam pictures of him i knew he was living in that area i saw him Oh no! I had like noon pictures of him on Halloween at that spot. Yeah, and we we went in. Yeah. What was it? I can't. Oh yeah, yeah. And then Jed and I, Jed and I saw him, um, like on the other side of the farm yeah. on like October twenty eighth or something. Yeah. And then you had um, you had pictures at no, it was like ten thirty. Ten thirty eleven. Yeah, Halloween. On Halloween. Yeah. So. We're in there like November third or fourth or something. Yeah, it was a few days later. Everything about it, same conditions as Halloween. <laughs> Like had to be right, um, you know. We, we <laughs> it's early, so we're leaving early. Wesson's late, already. Okay. Strike one. Uh, yeah, ten minutes. You late. were late. I was like ten minutes late. You're right. Okay. So then we get on the four wheeler. We're driving. <laughs> we park. <laughs> and it's like for some reason it's like really warm, like wet and shit. And I'm like, well, where's the camera? Backpack was unzipped. Backpack was unzipped. Camera had fallen out. So I go. Go, because Wesson had us hang the second stand for the camera person. Go down there, hang the stand. Fucking nightmare. 
Oh, yeah. God, terrible situation. I forget how shitty this morning. So then I go back and I'm looking and I get all the way back to the truck and I didn't come upon the camera. So I'm like, what the fuck? Sweet $3,000 camera just got it. Like, gonna be gone. So I'm coming back again in the field and it's on the, like, it's on like a downslope in the field where I drove, you know, before and I wouldn't see it because it's whatever. Grab it. I get back and there's Weston up in the field. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Dude, and he, he like didn't know. Do I don't, I know whatever. I was pissed at Weston. Like, irate. We get in the tree. I'm not speaking with him. Pretty much. I grab a card out of the camera. I'm sitting there in the dark looking through the trail cam pictures. I'm not talking to him. <laughs> or no, no, I didn't look at him for no, a while. You, you waited till you didn't. Yeah, wait till light. Till yeah, it's not. Light. Yeah, you shouldn't be looking at him in the dark like that. You did not. So. Yeah. I'm sitting here looking at it, and then I was, you know, scrolling through the trail cam pictures, and I'm like, damn, there's a couple of nice bucks in there. <laughs> you got a little excited then. And no, I still, I still, I still, I was like, fuck him, I'm not showing him, I'm not showing him. <laughs> Until we saw that bucket, like nine, running through the valley. Yeah, which we a thought big, was like, the big eight. Big eight, yeah, big eight. like wide eight. And, I, and then I was like. And then you hey, got all fucking jacked yeah. up. And then I was like, hey, dude, that's that's the buck that I've had on this camera like the last well, couple days. We, we sat, to be fair. We sat there. We saw him at like yeah, it was like right at nine, and then we just sat there and waited because we thought he was wrapping that point and try to come yeah. up on the other side. Yeah. So you're just like looking over your shoulder, and I'm just like looking straight ahead, basically. Yeah. So our focus is ter- is down the hill. Yeah. Where we this other him. buck came the opposite way. So, like so we were not looking. Basically, like over my right shoulder, and you were looking like straight down the hill. Because there's a point that comes up, right to like. Taylor's left. We're sitting back to back, basically, mm-hmm. uh, in the tree. And so, like, I'm looking over my right shoulder. You're looking straight down and to your left. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, I think I got some pictures yeah, of him. Showing him. So this is showing him. The, yeah. So then this is like, like around ten, probably. We sat there yeah. pretty and like checked pretty hard. Yeah, because this deer showed up almost to a minute the way, like almost to the minute that he was on Halloween. Right. So it was like. 10 o'clock, and we're, like, scrolling through pictures. And well, there's a time change in there. That's what it was. I think it was, like, I think he was there on Halloween, like, noon or 11, and then we had a time change, so it was, like, Yeah, I think like you're 10. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're scrolling, and he's, like, yeah, dude. He's, like, oh, yeah, that'd be sick. He's, like, he's not, it's not the split G2, but he goes, I'd definitely shoot him if he came in. Yeah, he's, like, like, a four or five-year-old, like, yeah. big eight. Solid eight. Like, yeah. nice, nice-looking deer. And so Taylor's, t- <laughs> at this point, I'm turned Taylor's happy again because we had a buck sight in. And yeah, so I'm talking to him. So he's talking to me. And he's, like, turned around totally in the tree facing me. And I'm, like, turned around over my right shoulder. And we're talking. And we're scrolling, like, oh, dude, that's a nice buck. Yada, yada, yada. Fucking around. Yeah, and I look up to my left. And you, wasn't there silent? No, like, he did not make a single noise. Well, he's, yeah, he's walking right along a road. And it's wet. And didn't make a noise. And all of a sudden, I look up and all, all you go is 30 yards. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and I was like, what? You're like, I think you would just go, it's him. And I was like, what? You're like, it's him. So I like just, t- I turned decently slow just to like take a look over my, actually, I think I looked direct, like all the way, no, I, I turned around and looked and he's just staring right at us. And I was like, motherfucker. And of course I didn't have time to like swing fast and like get the camera. Yeah, he so, takes off. So he takes off and just runs directly well, away yeah, from us. Yeah, it looks like a giant running away from us Just too. over the field and I'm just like, <laughs> I've like literally froze. Like, like I got the camera swung around and it's like on, but I don't think I, I didn't get any recording of it. No. Until after he was gone because I was just like in awe. I was like, oh my God. That's the biggest buck I've ever seen, like in hunting in real life. Yeah, probably by a lot. Yeah. And I was just like, and we just fucked it up big time. Yeah, because he, I mean, he was coming, he was walking the road that would have, a 30 yards. Like, like, who's to know that if shot. we weren't, I mean, if we weren't. Paying attention. That stands that, stupid. That it, he went to see, he would have seen us either way, probably, or caught our ground scent before you could get a shot. I mean, who knows? the whole scenario. But is if terrible. he takes, if he takes, what another fifteen steps, not even ten steps, he's in the like, like thirty-five yard, open, thirty-five yard wide, wide open, shot. open shot. If for some reason we weren't fucking around, I don't know. Well, it's just that 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 area. It's a good example of just like somewhere you shouldn't be hunting. But yeah. Little, we were pretty. It's a great spot with a gun. 
Oh yeah, because you can see for see a fun, everywhere. You can see down. You can see every, yeah. But bow hunting not a great spot. But we sat till like two. Didn't see any. Uh, I don't think we saw anything after that. Maybe a doe. Did we see a doe? I, I know. I was pretty. Uh, we were pretty upset. Pretty upset after that one. <laughs> I was surprised that we made it because didn't start. Did it start drizzling a little bit? Yeah, it wasn't good weather after that either. Yeah, it just. We were we were literally trying to do the all day thing. Well, and he was the main buck. It's like and we already, he's not right, coming back. No, not a fucking chance. He lo- looking directly at us. Yeah, he took and off. we're he, just he moving did a, around. He did a cross a field run, which is not ideal. No, he's. And then spook, I ran in, and then I saw him. Sure. I saw him only three days later after that. The day I saw like ten or twelve different bucks, and he just every buck came through. Every buck came through within shooting range except him. And he skimmed the bottom of a bat of a ditch and yeah, so he's ran up the other side and ran within like thirty yards of my uncle who was like hauling bales out. Like he ran up by the barn. So he was pretty spooked of that area. Were you in the same? No, no, no. He wasn't spooked. He was just he was just cruising and he just cut he just cut a field. Pretty much <laughs> yeah. was like I want to get from this woodlot all the way over to the other woodlot and I don't give a fuck. Same spot though. Were you no, in the same spot? No, no diff- a little bit different spot. Yeah, that was a tough one. Oh, that was a real tough one. Because then he got shot by the neighbor. Opening day gun season. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. You see a picture of that, you're like, oh. Well, that was like, uh, we had like two or three on up by my uncle's land this year that we had on camera, like late August, early early September. We're like, oh, fuck, yeah, these are for sure shooters like and it was we had a stand location pretty close we just put a camera on a field edge basically and opening weekend all three got shot by the neighboring property really all three in one day like they were all laying in the bed next to each other bed of a truck in the picture i saw i was like sick (laughs) that's sick yeah anybody want a late season hunt no okay cool me either (laughs) Yes, there's been many more that have been shot or just disappeared that I don't have any history so it's of. It's just like, well, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. That's the way it happens. Can't do much about it. They obviously were living there or, I don't know, and just coming through. Yeah, it's a depressing game. It's If you were like, I need to have 50% success rate, you would you you'd be, be in the wrong game. Yeah, you wouldn't be a hunter. No. Especially when you're talking about like bigger bucks. Right. It's a different ball game. All right, they guys. get big for a reason. Yes, they do. They're smart. They know they're fucking doing. smart. When you see these things do certain things, you're like, oh my god, that makes sense. Yeah. When you see a bed and you're like, God, this bed is like, you. How the hell would anyone ever even? You can't stumble like, upon oh, it. Well, how would you ever? You like nothing could sneak up on this thing. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect situation. Right. All right. Hey, like, subscribe. Appreciate it. Like Thanks I said, for listening. free digital analysis. If you guys yeah. go to the, go to our website, go to the land management tab and click on that, and we'll fill one out for you. Have a good one. Thank you.